Welcome to P.S. You Are Loved, hosted by your girls, Serenity and Tanisha. We're two childhood besties who have been through it all. We'll be sharing ideas and stories about personal growth, self-love, and living your best life. And as always, if you haven't been told yet today, P.S. You Are Loved. Welcome back to P.S. You Are Loved with Serenity and Tanisha. Yes. Oh my God. It's been forever. <laughs> the last episode was August. Yeah, I think it was August. Oh my God. Terrible. Terrible. But we are here. Um, we do apologize. Yes. Yes, we are back. And today we wanted to give you a catch up reason as to why it's been so long, everything that's been going on and why we're excited to be back doing this together because a lot's happened. It's been a wild year. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll just start quickly with myself because the, the, the bulk of the excitement is with Serenity, but <laughs> I have just been busy trying to pivot with my own business, the doula experience. And it's been a rough ride, y'all. I won't even lie. Um, some ups and downs. Felt a little murky and lost in there, but I, I'm finding my way through the fog and some clarity and some excitement. And Serenity has been like instrumental in that. And a lot of really cool offerings that I'm excited for in January. So sometimes you find yourself in a puddle and you need to stay in that puddle for a little bit, but uh, then, then it's time to climb out and see the sun. So that's basically it for me. But now I'm going to find out about Serenity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't know what you're going to ask me, but there's so much. <laughs> okay, so. So much. Let's start from a uh, business standpoint. That You started off 20, 2020 um, with your business, your sugaring business, Sugar Beauty Bar in your home. And this woman had some serious vision, okay, about what she wanted Sugar Bridie to be, what she wanted to look like, how she wanted to grow this, this beautiful enterprise. And I, I think in your heart you knew it was going to be sooner, but you were saying like three-year, one-and-a-half-year goal from like February 2020, okay? It is now December, and... Basically, the majority of those visions have come to fruition. So can you please walk us through the crazy, amazing manifestation and the, I'm not going to swear, but the effing hard work that's <laughs> created reality, folks. Let her, this is going to be good. So buckle in. Um, I have a word for 2020. And I'll start there because I feel like this is a really powerful word and it just applies to anybody in their life, no matter what they are doing, no matter what school of thought they have. Year's word for 2020 is pivot. And I definitely believe that that is something that I have been really graced with being able to do naturally. If something is going astray in one direction, I kind of just shut that off and move into something else. And it doesn't always work out. It's not always successful. Um, it's not even always like 
paying my bills. It's just my natural habit is to take flights. Like, all right, this is not working. I'm going to move over here. And if we take those same negative words, you know, taking flight is usually seen as a negative, like you should kind of ride the wave and keep going. Um, I also would like to translate that word into pivot. And sometimes it's totally necessary to cut your ties where you are and move into something else. So that is my word for the year. Um, but I started Beauty Triggered Beauty Bar in my house, in my guest bedroom in the end of February. And this is November. We're in December, the first week of December. I've moved it into a really beautiful neighborhood on Long Island with three sugaring rooms, with a staff, with team members. And I feel like my life is set on fire. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Pause for a second, Kate. Like, to hope you all heard this. She started out in February, okay, with, and this is where we're, she's recording it in her, in her old studio in her house, okay, that she decorated, painted, beautiful. Literally picked up that vibe, that energy, and reconstructed an entire storefront business in, during a pandemic, during lockdown during the elections like it's unbelievable and like you're one of the only people i know that has had the courage and the strength and fortitude to launch something in 2020 where there's been so many businesses that have sadly had to shut down so that's fucking amazing i decided i'm swearing now <laughs> that's <laughs> um can you walk us through your mindset to do this during a pandemic? I mean, was you, were you just kind of like going with the flow or were you like determined to do it this year? What was, how did that happen? Um, so besides, besides myself and my husband, like we were really looking at buying a house this year. We thought that that was the direction that we were gonna go in. And when the pandemic hit, so we've been looking, watching the market for like the last year, I would say. Um, and when the pandemic hit, all, these, all of these houses that we were looking at literally skyrocketed. So I always had in the back of my mind that if we moved, I would eventually have to move the business because I would no longer be residing where I'm doing my sugaring. So there was always this idea that I had to look for a space to move into. So when we realized that the housing market was literally through the roof, I continued to look for a space to move into, not realizing that I would find it this quickly. So just just the idea that like this came up and this this space was absolutely perfect when i finally did see it i was like all right let me just take this leap like we're not investing in the home right now let's invest in my business i have a strong community of women who support what i do and are my clients and coming through let me take this to another level and just move it into where i know i want to be later and that was essentially the, the vision behind it. It wasn't something that I thought that I needed to do. It was something that really fell into my lap. Um, if I hadn't found the space, I would not have moved into this space. I would have continued to search until I found something. This wasn't out of desperation. Um, it was like, all right, let me just see what's out there. And you know, I spent about four weeks looking. Um, and during those four weeks, my business was continuing to grow. So I was like, all right, I can't continue to stay in this home, in my home, if I want to train somebody to work with me, if I want to make this bigger than what I'm doing right now. Um, so that was really the, the, the driving force behind looking for a space and moving into a space as quickly as I did. Um, but I never really saw the pandemic as something stopping me. I thought even if I had to close down, in my mind, it was like, if I can survive through the winter, 
and I don't have to shut down, I can definitely pick this back up in the summer. You know, so there was always in the back of my head that no matter when I started this, if we did have to shut down, if things did turn for the worst, I would still be able to continue what I'm doing later. And I think with having that mentality and not going into this scared allowed me to create this on a bigger level as soon as quickly as I have. You know, there's still more people that are coming in that are brand new, that are finding me through Instagram, that are finding me through my website, finding me through Googling, finding me through my reviews. Um, and I'm really, you know, I, I hit home to people, a lot of people, especially after what happened with George Floyd. A lot of people are seeking community. A lot of people are seeking um, shopping with, you know, women that are of color or people that are of color. Um, and a lot of people are reevaluating where they're spending their money, you know, and I think that that conversation has allowed me to continue to grow because 90% of my clientele are, are women of color. Wow. So I love that. that's, that's been, that's been really the whole start for me. And, and, and it really did take off after people started investing and putting their money where their mouth was. Um, and I just used that energy to continue the conversation into, I don't want this business to just be about hair removal. I want it to be about community because it's the community that's really allowed me to create this space for myself. So it's, it's been a really incredible journey. It's been really beautiful. And my higher level self or my future self is constantly replaying what it sounds like to tell people the story. And I love it. Like I went from this was supposed to be my receptionist job and I was supposed to partner with somebody who was going to take like take this business to the next level in terms of doing the actual service to applying for school, getting my course, passing my test, working, you know, in a nine to five job, so to speak, very corporate company into launching my own business for myself, you know, and every day I'm learning something new about what it means to be in charge of somebody else and delegating work and hiring a team. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, it's, it's a lot of behind the scenes that I just, I'm not even mentally prepared for. I mean, I want to say that I am, but I, I know that I'm not. Um, I feel like there's, there's a lot of learning curves that are going to come up for me um, because I have never been a boss before. I've never had to file my taxes in this way. I've never had to do payroll. I've never had to do any of these things where my job is to sugar, you know, I look at vaginas all day and I have conversations with beautiful women. And that is what I've always seen my job as. And I've loved that aspect of my job. The part that's really hard is all the admin and all the behind the scenes stuff and even keeping track of my books and knowing what money is coming and going, you know, um, how I spend my money, what I spend my money on, when I spend my money um, is really a huge factor in terms of like whether I'm going to make it through the winter because it does start to slow down during the winter months, no matter what kind of business you have in terms of hair removal um, or, you know, flourish so that I can continue this conversation better and stronger in the summer. Whoa, like so much was in there. <laughs> I want to pull a couple things. So definitely, I've been saying this all year. Community is immunity. Um, we're not here to get into conversation about the pandemic, but literally, I mean, from a social wellness standpoint, community mm -hmm. is immunity, and you have really been able to have create that and amplify that during a time when you can't really be with people all that much. And if you can be in certain parts of the country and the world, and even towns on smaller scales and so i think you know huge congratulations to you in terms of being able to grow and build that community in a time when most people feel like they are so isolated 
Um, and I, I totally understand what you're saying in terms of like, yes, you've been a boss. You've always had boss mentality, right? I remember we had a conversation about boss lady, boss girl, and our thoughts on those phrases, but you've always been a yeah. boss. But I think it's interesting to just pause for a second and hear your perspective on what advice you give to folks, folks like me too, who are multi-passionate. Folks that have always th more have always thrived more environment in environments where flexibility and adaptability are the natural state as opposed to structure. Where whereas you know when you're a boss, and I'm I'm also quickly learning this with my business, you you do need if you're not a structured person, you need to adopt that very quickly in order to be able to function mm -hmm. as a real true business owner. So what have you done? to and maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe you always have been someone who's who's structured but um what have you done to kind of bring in that structure if you are not or someone is not someone who is naturally prone to structure um so the first thing is slowly implementing routines for myself um early on i told myself i want to be able to hit the gym on a monday and tuesday um tuesdays for my yoga so I've been very mindful about creating structures for myself that allow balance. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is bringing my husband on board in terms of dealing with my financials. I am terrible, terrible, terrible when it comes to bookkeeping and admin and keeping up with those types of appearances. So having my husband kind of help me to, to get started because I do want to be able to own and understand this for myself. Um, but I also have people working around me that are helping me to create structure. And I did that on purpose. I know that I'm very messy. My thoughts are very messy and I'm kind of all over the place when I, when I think about trying to get something out there. And I really do jump the gun a lot of the times. I think that that's been a blessing and a curse because I don't have any fear in trying something brand new, even if I think it's gonna fail. Um, but I do it anyways. And to a fault that also equals like me jumping into scenarios that I probably should think about before I do them. So there's that level of like, you know, finding that balance between those two things, but it's the people that are literally around me that are helping me to stay on track. Um, I look forward to going to yoga because my yoga instructor is also one of my clients. Um, so there's that accountability, like, all right, I'll see you on Tuesday, you know, and I love going because I know that this is somebody, I'm supporting somebody who's supporting me. That's one aspect of my life where I've been able to balance and keep structure. Um, obviously I live with my husband, so he's on top of me about things that I won't necessarily think about every day like how much money came into the bank and what did you pay for uh, today and what did you need to you know do this with or I just these are just questions I would not have asked myself you know and being able to have somebody around me constantly that sometimes annoyingly ask me these types of questions um is is really a blessing in disguise you know and I and as much as I push back and I'm like I don't want to do this and I hate this it's like I know that it's good for me to learn and understand these things from all of these angles um with the balance and the you know the the money side and just continuing to do the things that I love. And I think if I create that balance for myself, like hosting my vision board workshops, um, I allow myself to go hard with the work that I don't like to do so that I can do the work that I do love to do. Yes, talking about those vision board workshops, you know, you have, again, like I said, been able to create community during a time when everything's been shut down. But how did you, conceptualize being able to offer something that is 
not necessarily in the realm of sugaring as you have a sugared beauty bar business. And what advice would you have for entrepreneurs who, again, are multi-passionate, you know, love what they do. You know, I love being a doula or you might love being an electrician. Um, but maybe you're wrestling with, I also love to do X, Y, Z. And it would be great if it could be part of my business, but it doesn't, you can't really see how it makes sense, but you've somehow been able to make it make sense. What kind of advice can you give or encouragement there? I think a lot of it has to do with the actual clientele coming through the door. So I thought that the vision board thing would work through conversations with my clients, like natural conversations. Like I'm talking with people, they're telling me about, you know, they're trying to do this hustle or they really love this or, you know, they're passionate about this. And I'm like, how do I get everybody together so that we can fucking figure out what our passions are and put it down on paper? How do I do that? I literally ask them if that's what they want to do. And they're like, yeah, I would love to do something like that. And I ask about 10 more people to see if there's interest. And then I make the event because I have at least two or three or four or five people saying, I would love to do that. And then that event is already sold out before I even offer it to the rest of my community. That's literally how I launched it. And then other people were like, wow, she's doing this. I want to do this. Then they tell their friends. And then they bring their friends. And that's literally how the, the vision board thing came about. But it was genuine conversations with my clientele who equally love the things that I love, but don't have the time or the space or the energy to put into creating that space for other people to do it. And that's literally where I started. So, okay. I, I love that. And I think, again, clearly you realize that folks wanted it. But again, how, how did you decide to include it with your business as opposed to doing like Serenity's vision board side project? Um, because I al always thought, and I still believe, and I think it's totally possible to create an umbrella for yourself if you are marketing something that is not the norm. That's not the mainstream. That's not what everybody else is doing. And I mean, at some point, the people who are very successful started off with an idea that was foreign to the mass media. Like Steve Jobs talking about a phone in everybody's hand and people thought he was crazy. They thought that we would never do that because our phones were attached to a cord attached to the wall. Like this idea of creating a world where we have to do what people are already doing, that's not how we get ahead. That's not how we create the next generation of people who want to be inspired and want to do what we're doing. It's by being ahead of that curve. So, so that is such a great example of Steve Jobs because again, folks remember he started out with just computers, but now the umbrella is music, it's iTunes, it's podcasts, it's phones, it's, you know, it's so much more. It's the cameras. Yeah. Like he's the reason why we don't walk around with cameras anymore. What is a computer company doing manufacturing cameras into phones? He saw the opportunity for all of these things to be married together, all of them. The fact that our phone can do so much is somebody taking all of their hobbies and putting it under one umbrella. Wow. And again, not necessarily that it has to happen all at the same time. The second you launch it, you have to do all these things, right? You know, you've been doing this for almost a year and now coming to the closer, close part of the year, you are, you know, really doing these vision boards and creating that community, which is so exciting. And, you know, your listeners, you can do that too, because 
you know, where Serenity lives and her audience is different to my fiance's audience or your sister-in-law, whomever, right? There's room for everybody to do everything. Um, but I think that you've just shown that there is so much value and really, I mean, not that you're coming at this from a business perspective, but really when you think about it, if you can get people in for your sugaring and they know that they will have an amazing experience, amazing, great. But if they also know that they can come to you and feel like they can have a safe space where they can talk about their goals, they can talk about their visions, they can talk about their core values or what have you as well, you kind of are building clients for life in a way because it's not just mm-hmm. sugaring it's serenity is a breath of fresh air and i can get sugared and i can do my vision board thing you know what i mean yeah yeah like at, at the end of the day for me i think if you're always coming from an angle of how to build a tribe how to build a community how to bring people up with you you are always going to be successful because there will be that many people under you lifting you up while you lift them up so everybody's going higher at the same time and you might not see the money right away you might not understand the process right away but if you're thinking about community if you are mission-based you know what is the mission what are you trying to achieve here besides income because income is the the automatic what else besides the income are you trying to take away from what you're doing you're adding purpose and value to your business yeah that is that is money that is something people will pay for Exactly. And I think somebody said it to me once too, you know, with, you have to have dedication, you have to have organization and all those things like we talked about as a business, but once you have your passion infused and it not just being your passion, right? Like doula work is my passion, but once you've infused passion into what you're doing, like when for myself, I channel how I feel when I'm with my clients at a postpartum visit or when I'm talking them through, you know, postpartum or prenatal education, that energy is what I try and translate. And if that energy you can translate to whatever you're doing, the money will come because the money is attracted to that energy. It's attracted to you being in that state and that vibe. And like, you can't like attracts like, and so when you're scraping and scraping for email subscriptions and more clients and uh, with the intention, like you said, of just getting more for yourself, it's like, what can you give? outside of just your services or your products, what can you give? How, how do you leave people feeling once they've had a, a, an experience with you that makes them want to come back, whether it's through vision board or sugaring or what have you. And I think that that is like the true gift of, and the longevity of any business. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I just feel like if that is your, your statement and that's a part of built into your policy and built into the heart of what you're doing, there is no room for failure because there are people who are behind what you're doing. And it's, and it's really, I think if there's one word to describe how to, to try to be more successful in what you're doing is to inspire people inspire them with what you're doing so that they can invest in what you're doing because what they're paying you is that is your investment is their investment in this culture in this product in this juice in this you know service it doesn't matter what it is like they are investing in you and what you're doing and how do you get people to invest in you you inspire them yeah. that's what you do when you go on shark tank you tell these investors how awesome you're going to be, you know, you inspire them to want to put that money in your pocket. 
Right. And if you're coming from an inspiration base, you're constantly going to attract the right people who need your services, which makes your job even easier because you're no longer selling, you're inspiring. So, so talk to me about, um, well, let's talk about the, the importance of knowing your ideal customer. They call them avatar, or just your ideal client, because I think that there are, are times when, yes, there are people who are just literally looking for what you do, right? Like they just want to get sugared. They don't really necessarily care or not necessarily invested that it's a woman of color, a black woman. They don't necessarily care that uh, about my energy as a jeweler. They just need someone who's going to be there to pick up the baby when the baby cries. But then people who are specifically looking for serenity, who serenity is they're specifically looking to make a connection with me as their doula as their friend in this really vulnerable time how in your experience or what advice would you give to folks to tap into those people because it the energy drain of working with somebody who is just only looking for your service or your product versus all of you is palpable and yes yeah, sometimes we need those people to pay the bills but how can we attract more of the people who who will give energy to us as much as we're giving to them? Um, I think it starts with breaking down the types of characters of the people who are into what you're doing, like who are already like drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak. What are their characteristics? Who are they? Where do they shop? What kind of things do they like to do? What is their income threshold? Um, where do they live? Where do they party? Who are their friends and family? What do they say about those people? Um, that's where you start. That's how you build your avatar off of the people who you are already attracting, but there's more of them out there. And there's definite layers to those people out there. So, you know, if it's the person who's really excited about, you know, Tanisha being my doula, what does she like about you? What are things that she comments on that she loves that you can market? That's essentially how you continue to market yourself to other people who are not her. Mm. I know that people like the fact that I listen. Mm -hmm. I listen very well and then I constantly giving you something to think about. It's not always what you wanna hear, but you're gonna think about what I said. And it's not always positive, but you're always gonna think about what I said. I know that that's a commodity that I have. I know that that's information that I can share to people. And that's why a lot of people come to me because they're like, wait, it's not just this hair removal thing, but she might give me some insight to something that I never thought about. That's where these conversations go. I can market myself that way just by continuing to do what I'm doing, but also putting that into my brand. We're not the norm. We are gonna question things. We are gonna create environments that don't seem like what everybody else is doing. That's a part of my branding, but it's also a part of my personality. And that's how I hit that on a bigger scale. Mm -hmm. And, and how, um, in terms of your ideal customer avatar and like talking about comparison, because, you know, there are other waxing, sugaring places where you live. They're definitely not doing it the way that you're doing it or the, and they're definitely not, not you, which is always the main difference, the main differentiating factor. But what would you say, uh, is there any value to looking at the business model of somebody else who's similar in your industry and getting clear from your perspective on what their speciality or uniqueness is to help you identify what yours is because i've done that for myself and sometimes in the beginning it seemed like a negative difference like oh this other doula is very informative you know and creates 
with probably a lot of time and energy, these very informative posts, um, which is great. But that's not necessarily me. I do that in person. I'm more of a, uh, a support person that will make you feel like you can do this, not that the other person can't. Um, but I want you to get that through my branding, my blog, my whatever I do. So is there any value to comparison? Um, I think comparison is a great tool if you are not staying in that headspace. Like go in, compare, but also compare in the sense of like, what am I willing to implement that is similar to what they're doing? Mm -hmm. You know, how much of myself is in that person? Because we are reflections of each other. So it's what can I grab that that person is doing that I can also do? And that's what I literally have done from a lot of people that I've met in my life. I don't necessarily love everything about that person, but the things that I do love are things that are within myself. So how do I magnetize that? How do I maximize that version, that, that element of that person that I can add into my personal branding? Maybe it's something that they do. Maybe it's what they, how they write. Maybe it's how they speak. Maybe it's, uh, you know, fun thing that they do every week. Like I'm constantly drawing in the things that I loved about what other people were doing into my branding. And my voice is never going to sound like their voice. So even if it's, it's, I don't even see it as copying because it's like, I'm going to use my voice in a different way than you're going to use your voice. And my audience isn't going to hear exactly what you're saying, even though we're both ultimately saying the same thing, just through different words and different forms of communication. Right. Yeah. That was going to be my next question is how do you deal with when, you know, you have a similar idea to somebody else? And we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, but even if the other person that you're comparing against or has a similar idea, has more followers than you, you know, let's say you are wanting to do a similar idea to a very big influencer, let's just say, and you were just kind of starting out. Do you feel like you, would you say to somebody like, why don't you just hold up and wait till you have more followers? Or would you say, yeah, do it doesn't really matter that they have a million followers. Like what's your opinion there? I think you should never be looking at how many people are following you because how many people are following you. is not how many clients you have under your belt and it's not necessarily equating to any dollar sign in your bank account. So to me, if there is one person looking at my work or 10,000 people looking at my work, there's still somebody looking at my work. You know, so it's like, I'm never focusing on the bigger picture. It's who, what number of, of people can I connect with? That's it. And if it's one person, I've done my job today. Right. Like that's enough because that one person will be that much more impacted to tell somebody else. And that domino effect will eventually happen. That is the point of focusing on the smaller the smaller goals in front of you. So I would say, yeah, launch it, do it. What difference does it make how many people are following what you're doing? I mean, they're following and they're not paying your bills, you know? So what difference does it make whether you put things on them that are going to benefit them? Maybe now they will pay your bills because now you've offered something that is different than what you have been doing all this time. That's so true. And if what you've been doing, like everyone else isn't working, then why not try something else? But I think it's just that we tend to qual use other people as qualifiers for us ourselves um, which I think is a natural thing and maybe even a natural thing that has been amplified because of social media more than times before uh, I know you both of us have watched the social dilemma we both have businesses that 
you know, are in person, but so much of what we do on a connection basis um, for on a larger scale is online. And so what has been your experience? Uh, I'll, I'll share mine briefly, but what has been your experience having boundaries around social media, especially as a generation that is has so much stake of our business online. Um, I know that it's been hard for me and like there's been times when I've kind of taken a step back. Um, I know that using things like scheduling and whatnot, whatnot has been helpful and like being really intentional where after I schedule something, I will only spend like that 20 minutes to do actual engagement. I don't really follow the, like the rules of like post on this day between these hours. The, the advice that I've been given recently, which I think is working better for my mental health is post when is convenient for you in a way that you can spend 20 minutes to half an hour doing engagement right after with folks as opposed to just scheduling and like kind of forgetting and letting it die down. So what has been your experience with social media and your business? Um, that's a really powerful question. Um, I'm really, really winging it to, to be really honest. Um, I haven't really attempted to like do too much blasting on social media. Um, in building the business that has been a lot of content providing for me. Um, and I try to, use my life as my content as opposed to trying to create content it's like i had to go to the studio today i had to get paint i had to go shopping people are going to follow my experience because this is the only thing i'm offering so i feel like if we take it from that angle where we're sharing our journey as opposed to creating content for the journey it's it simplifies the work because it's in real time and it's when it's working for you. So I, that's what I've been doing for the last like four or five months um, is really just sharing the journey. Like I built this room and I bought the stuff for it. I put it together. Everything was in kind of in a, in a real time, you know, like you can follow this journey of like starting until now. So I, I, I feel like that is, has been the most beneficial thing for me. I do use later.com um, to plan my schedule, my scheduled posts um, that go on the actual feed itself. But most of my engagement is through my stories and my stories are when I have the time. So I'm never really jumping on social media to do things that are against what I, I need to do in that, in that moment. You know, if I don't make it today, then I don't make it today. But if I feel like, all right, I have this story I'm going to be able to tell, like I've gone caffeine free. So I'm sharing that information, but that information is a lead up to a cleanse that I'm doing. And that cleanse is an, a lead up to a community that you can join. So there's, there's always like a structure for why I'm even posting what I'm posting. That's going to lead into something else. Um, that's a good point. I guess my other question is, you know, at, over the last couple of months, you know, with your space in your house and moving into your, your storefront, sharing stories about, about that has, is amazing, but also very relevant to your audience because it's something exciting that builds on your business. What advice do you have for people who don't necessarily have that? You know, like somebody like myself who, you know, again, is service providing and not necessarily able to share like, intimate details of a prenatal or postpartum visit um how can you how can we use stories in an effective way where you're not necessarily overly sharing your personal life which i think a lot of us or at least i am becoming a little bit more uh safeguarding around you know there's some things about my life that i don't want to share online because it's just special to me and like for a while it wasn't i was like yeah I'll share all about my personal life on social media 
Um, and then I, has to, I had to stop and ask myself, like, why am I sharing this? Why am I sharing that I'm making this banana bread for my fiance? Like, who, not, not who cares, but like, what am I trying to get out of it? Am I sharing a recipe? Is there going to be a link to a blog for it after? No. So like, why do I feel the need to share every little intimate detail of my day if it doesn't directly relate back to my business? So that's been my kind of, I'm not through that journey. I'm just questioning and trying to be intentional. But if it doesn't have to do with your business, why post it? Or like, what would you say to those folks? Um, I don't always necessarily believe that there has to be an exact purpose for everything. You know, like me talking about going caffeine free and then segueing that into, I'm going to be doing this cleanse, you should join me, um, is an easy gateway like conversation. And I know that. That's why I, I prepped it the way that I have. Um, but I think on the flip side, if that's not your angle, um, it's, you know, the stories are there for us to have a more personal conversation with our clients, with our, our, our community. And if you're not creating content around that, whether it is from personal experience or, you know, told to you in stories, then what are you doing on social media to begin with? You know, are you using social media to your advantage if you're not creating those stories? You know, you're making banana bread for your husband. Um, your husband becomes a part of your highlight reel. That's like your sticker on your page because he's not always there. So people can check in to see, oh, is the husband on the page? That's, is definitely your, your choice, you know, whether you choose to go down that road, but that's a part of your branding. If you choose it to be that way, if you don't, then are you maximizing your use on social media? That, that would really be my question. Like if you're not prepared to take it to that level, then I don't think you're maximizing your social media. Now I'm not saying spend your whole day making videos on social media, but if you curate it in a sense where you are allocating time for it, it doesn't seem overwhelming because you've made a time slot for it. That's it. Hey, today's post on you know the story is gonna be banana bread making. And then you post it to your resources that are a free tidbit. And that's literally a copy and paste from wherever you got the recipe from, mm -hmm. you know? And now you're attracting people to your website, which is attracting more people to your business. So there's always a way to segue what you're doing to create more flow to what you're trying to accomplish. And I don't think there's a negative in that. I think there's a way to time it so that you don't feel overwhelmed and feel like you have to be constantly doing it. You pick one thing that you're gonna do for that day. That's your post, that's your story. I guess I was asking as well because, you know, a couple of years ago, Instagram was down for like a day or something. Um, and I guess my question has been, how do I keep engagement? How do I, what other avenues? Maybe it is a different social media page. I don't know, but I just don't want my umbilical cord to be tied so tightly to something like Instagram because if they go down and so does my business like for a day or yeah, absolutely and i think using emails and trying to get people landing on your website so that they can subscribe to other freebies and things that you have going on that you're already doing is important but in order to promote that you have to use this free platform that could shut you down and could have you know no repercussions so it's it's that it's how do i get people back to my website and that's why it's the oh you're making banana bread for your hubs well make it cute and post the website on post the recipe on your website so that you are directing traffic back to your website. 
that's always the end goal here. It's like, how do we get people to come back to where we were so that we can sell them the thing that we need to sell them or engage in with them in the way that we want to engage with them? You know, that's always the story. And if you're not, you know, ready to do that, then, then, then you should just kind of go more organic, you know, and just, and just kind of keep it to you whenever you're, you want to not. Lost you there for a second. Can you hear me? We're back. The important thing <laughs> is about, you know, directing traffic back to your website. So if that is the end goal here, you know, you're asking yourself, why are you doing these things? Make it about that. Make that conversation about directing traffic back to, to, you know, your mission statement. And if you're offering those passions under your umbrella, you're speaking to a wider audience at all times. You know, it's not just doula services. It's not just, you know, this, we're going on a hike next week. Like maybe they join you for the hike because they like your vibes because you were on Instagram. Like this is the point of bringing all of your hobbies and your loves into, into one umbrella because you get to live your life with people who genuinely love what you're doing. Wow. That's powerful. Woo. That is powerful. Getting super excited. Um, no, just thank you for sharing your updates and, and we're going to have to do like a part two because clearly, I mean, not just from this, because you've always been, <laughs> you know, created events, created things, products, experiences, but we definitely need to have you back on to share more of your business experiences and wins, losses, all of that. But to end this off, you know, what are you excited for, for 2021 for your business? Oh, I keep dreaming about like the spring. Um, I'm really excited about curating a wellness crawl through the town that we're in. Um, and instead of it being a pub crawl, it's like something that we collectively do that kind of brings bodies together um, without alcohol content. I want to do yoga in the park with my favorite instructor. I want people to come through to the yogurt shop that's above my business. I just want to create a community. Like I, I'm already doing that, but I want to do that within the community that I just moved into. Um, I'm really excited about patio season because my outdoor scenario is going to look so freaking beautiful. Um, and just, you know, having more people come through the space and help me envision how the next one is going to pop up. I love that. And so let folks know how they can follow you, where you are, if they're in the New York, Long Island area, so they can come and support you. Uh, in a couple of episodes, we're going to talk more about what shooting is and get into the history of it. And we're just going to kind of interview each other back and forth um, just to help you all get to know us better. So where can we follow Sugar Beauty Bar and how can we support your small business? I love it. Thank you so much. This is a very shameless plug. Um, business is called Sugar Beauty Bar. You can find me on uh, Instagram, on Pinterest. Uh, my website is sugarbeautybar.com. Um, and 
it's basically all things yellow. We're always bright and light and vibrant. Um, we have a drop the sugar um, dance off party, all, you know, weekly so that you can tune in and kind of just get everything moving in your body. Um, and just talking about more events that are coming up and things that we're doing. So there's, there's always never a dull moment in our space and people love it because of that. So anything sugared beauty bar, if you Google us, you'll find us. I love that. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for sticking with us. We so appreciate you. We have a ton of great things coming your way. Um, and just as always, unless you've been told today, P.S., you are loved. We love you.